0: back to another edition of the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in the Plate of Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Larry Swink.
1: Hey, Bill.
0: And Father Jack Burrard. Hey, Bill. <sighs> Today, we're going to take a deeper dive into free will. Um, we're going to uh, discuss what Aqu- maybe what Aquinas says about it, what the difference is maybe between Free will and you know, predestination. We'll talk a little Calvin. Um, kind of came about. Uh, had the most interesting discussions with uh, our RCA people sometimes. And um, and a question this week. You know, what what is what is the difference between uh, free will? Do we actually really have free will as we think about it, and maybe uh, predestination? So, fathers. Sure,
1: Bill. Before we begin, what's the band that sings that song?
0: This song? Yeah. Shout out to the band called The Thirsting.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, we, we hear this song every week. And yes, I'm like, I've gotten God
0: so many inquiries about that. and it's, I always tell people. Thirsting. Now they have an album? They do. They have a couple CDs. They are a you know, really uh, group of, I think, four Catholic guys. Wow. Yep. So. Very cool.
1: So, all right, Bill. So, the, I guess the question would be, do we really have free will? I mean, we know. we. I mean, we do. I mean, our, our, the catechism says so, but it's there's a couple of things that come up, and I think one is if God already knows what we're gonna do, where we're gonna go, how we're gonna die, are we really free? And it's and and I think this ties in with a heresy started by John Calvin and around the you know the Middle Ages and. He says that God has predestined each one of us some to hell and some to heaven from eternity, irrespective of our merits. We are predestined for heaven; we cannot be lost. And if you're predestined to hell, you cannot be saved. Now, that I think for any person that would seem very unjust, unfair. Um, so, so how do we um, how do we explain to people that even though our God knows our destiny. We're still free, Father Jack.
2: Yeah. So the the question it, you kind of have to back up a second and just kind of say, all right. So if God knows what's going to happen, then how do we how do we say that there's freedom? Is to look at how does God know all that is going to happen? Right. So that it's not just like, uh, you know, God is is at the end line looking back at our life, and I think that's what everyone gets wrong, including. Probably Calvin, John Calvin, a little bit, who was not an idiot, obviously, um, but you know, he, everybody gets something wrong every once in a while. Um, and he just said
1: idiotic things. He just, I mean, he, yeah. It's like saying there's no such thing as a dumb question. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, well, I don't know about that. I, th- I think, I mean, his problem Which is not true. There are problem. dumb questions. Are d- well, yeah, yeah, yes, we know. Um, but, but I think more. I mean, it's it's not so much that it's that he was idiotic. It's that he was stubborn. Right. Like you can like we all get something wrong uh, at some point in our life. You know, I'm sure everybody's gotten some theological point uh, incorrect at one point or another, but it's whether we stay in that refusal. So the thing that often that even Calvin gets wrong and, and this is the hard part is this is a, a speculative theology question. Right. So there are things like that we know. Yes or no. Right. Historical revelation. You know, did Jesus actually die on the cross? That's not a speculative theology question. That is <laughs> that is that is definite or sacramental theology. Right. You know, do you need to use bread and wine for it to be the Eucharist? The answer is yes, obviously. Right. Right. That's revealed. But speculative theology are things of of you know. We we really have no idea, and we really never will know the answer to. But it's kind of helpful to re- understand what God's nature is. So things like, would God would God have been made man? Would the incarnation have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned? Well, we'll never know the answer to that because Adam and Eve did in fact sin. Um, we had didn't someone ask that question? Yeah, it's, I love that question. It's it's and it's like and you oh no no that came up in the, the, in the, in the in yeah.
1: no what, no it came up in the also the women's uh, Bible study fulfilled. Oh, they asked that, that question. Would jesus have come a man if we were talking this like weeks ago
2: yeah okay if adam and eve not sinned, and some theologians say yes yeah 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 so so yeah. i think i think it breaks down usually aquinas says that uh the incarnation would not have taken place it would have been unfitting which i agree with him but there are others i want to say it's bonaventure who says that uh he would have anyway that that was just part of his nature was to become man Um, it's part of his characteristic as, as the second person of the Trinity. Now, I I don't think that makes any sense, but, um, but I get where he's going and he's smarter than me. So we'll say it's, he could be right, but that starts to reveal a little bit of what we know about God and how we speak of him. So how does God know all things? So if you think of it as God is at the end of time, looking backwards you, what you end up doing is you introduce God into time, and this is where this is what a lot of these deterministic—that's what we're going to call them—people, right? Everything is predetermined. You or don't fatalistic too, right? Is the exact same. Yeah, fate is already determined, right? Yeah. So it's which word in the sentence you're going to pull out? And it's if you look at God God is at the end of time, and He's basically bound to it is what it ends up being, right? God doesn't see things like that. He he. Existing, and this is where it gets difficult. He exists outside of time, right? And and we, all at once, all at once. So we, everything is is eternally present to him. That's how Aquinas would describe it. Um, this is is actually vitally important because um, this is how we understand free will. But it it only makes sense because we don't we have in our finite mind a great difficulty in talking about non time. Okay. Right. So because, because time is creation that is the way in which we know all things. I don't know I don't know Father Larry Swink all at once, thanks be to God, right? But that, like, be way I, too much for you to handle. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I have a finite mind, and there's and a he's thousand, a very, thousand
1: things I could say right he's now. He's a very but I'm gonna restrain yeah, myself. That's
2: a first. And so, and so, <laughs> we're having a, a great day with Father Larry today. Evidently, um, it's retreat week. It's retreat week, and so he. But but God doesn't have that that finiteness, right? As and so. His knowledge is completely different than ours. We have to know things through our senses. We do not know anything without our senses um, and but he doesn't have that problem okay. <laughs> and so including okay. things in time we, and so we're bound by that that's part of our finiteness is that we have to learn in time
1: right And so I right, said so your train of thought is if we're looking at it from this fatalistic standpoint God's you know looking backwards things cannot change. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be that way, and it's right. not how. So first of is is to understand that that God is everything's all at once, mm-hmm. and it's not and, and it's not that things change because they can't. God's all knowing, all powerful, omniscient, mm-hmm. all these things. So it's not like things changed or God changes things, but He knows everything all at once. But it's not this sort of um, things aren't set in stone the way we would approach them. Correct? I mean,
2: it's, right. So it's it's. Well, because, okay, so here it is. It's basically, does it make a difference for you to give counsel to somebody? Is and, and that, and that, Well, that's, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, but that's the thing is if it ever is yes, if it ever makes a difference in a person's life, that right. your counsel changes what they were going to do.
1: Yeah, and I've experienced both.
2: Right. Then as long as there is that chance, then that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about freedom is that there are contingencies. There are things that could happen, but one is eventually chosen. Now that means that we're acting beyond our instinct, right? So, so the deer who um, doesn't know whether it is uh, prey or predator, but hears a noise and immediately starts running—that's that's an instinct. That's not rational. That's not know? a good thing, too. You don't want them to hear that. Well, okay, yeah. Well, focus, Father Larry. Focus on what we're talking about. <laughs> don't focus on the deer. Um, and so he—that's the thing—is that we have this this greater power of rationality, and and that requires a free will, which is a participation in God's free will. Um, and so, so we're, yeah, so we're just getting to the, like, how can there be contingencies? Well, does counsel make a difference?
1: This goes into the catechism. Yeah. So, so folks, I mean, if you ever read the catechism, it's not fun to read it cover to cover, but it's our faith in a book form. And, and there's a an article in uh, number 1730. It's about man's freedom. And it says this, God created man, a rational being conferring him the dignity of a person who can initiate and control his own actions. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: All right. And then it goes on to say, quote, God will that man should be left in the hand of his own counsel. Mm -hmm. You talked about counsel, right? So that he might of his own accord, seek his creator and freely attain his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. So there's a lot of key words here. One is, counsel, like we actually can follow advice or not follow it. So there's a freedom to listen or not listen to God's directive. But we also, uh, we were created as a rational being Mm -hmm. and, but also that we
2: can initiate and control our own actions. Right. Right. And so, and and that's, and that's the hard part about it is that we, if we're immediately, I mean, okay, that's That's not the right way to say it. If we are short-term self-reflective, we, we, we almost, without worry know that that it has to be free will we know that there are times where we choose something or not i choose whether this is the right time to to take the sip of water in the middle of the conversation or you know am i is this the right time to take this phone call i mean it's everything from the the minute to do i move across the country you know with my family like these are all things that we reason our way through right now the problem is isn't on the 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 micro scale, but on the macro scale is, is, does any of it really matter in the end? Right. Um, and, and this, this is why it becomes this great thing is because our will is part of what it part of or is, is, is part of that act of faith that saves us. Right. So what is faith? It is a virtue by which eternal life is begun in, in this world by, um, an ascent of the, of, of the intellect and the will. And so when we talk about freedom, we're talking about the, the wills, you know, what is it desiring is, um, and so the problem with the fatalistic way of God, looking back at the world and saying, what you're going to do is already decided. And you, you know, the free will thing, you know, maybe, maybe not, but really it doesn't matter because I already know that it doesn't, that limits God in so many, in a variety of different ways. It limits him and by saying there's a compulsion to what he's doing and it negates the power of grace this is where it gets dangerous this is where calvin is it becomes almost non-christian is that because of that mentality that says it's all determined the cross loses its power christ's life has no meaning for us because we're already determined whether he came or not and, and well i
1: would it would count for us if we were on the in the select
2: few well, no, oh, but that's the problem, right? Is that is that it seems like it would because we're, we've accepted it, but it doesn't matter if we've accepted it, it because matter. because what Calvin has done is is we believe in in determination, right? This is and everyone thinks predetermination like that's an okay thing for for a Catholic to hold because we know that God knows all things, He knows all contingencies, uh, you know, whether we take them or not. But Calvin says not that things are predetermined, but that they are double predetermined. Right. So it's not just you because what because the quote that you read at the beginning is that no merits of ours make a difference that there is nothing we can do to determine god when he created us created us a damned soul or a glorified soul right and that's where that's where this gets problematic is that the cross makes no difference because there is no desire towards the good desire towards god there is no freedom to choose the good, which is Christian freedom, which is what you read out of the catechism, right. that that that's where all of this gets, is Calvin has this really dark understanding, not just of man, but of God.
1: So his idea is it doesn't matter what you do. It, doesn't, it never it, doesn't matter, it, it, matter it, a bit. It doesn't matter. And, that, that just, and then what you fall into is despair.
2: At best.
1: Because then, then the whole presumption. thing is, well, why would I even try to be holy if it's not even going to make a difference at the end?
2: Mm-hmm or right. presumption even even right. worse you know
1: like it's it's either right. you know which is both sins against hope
2: amazingly right yeah right. right because he doesn't have a good he has no understanding of theological virtue basically he's Wh- ends up coming up not immediately but that's what if you develop his thought that's where it goes well,
1: here's another here's another here's another um uh, thing here in the catechism i think which is helpful too kind of tying because we were talking about last time justice mm-hmm. and and i think um Before the podcast, Bill was saying something about how Thomas says that um, free will is only really freedom if it's it's grounded in truth. Like Mm -hmm. The intellect has to be rightly ordered. And I think, uh, so the catechism also goes on to say this, is that um, it goes on, the more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. There is no true freedom except in the service of what is good and just. The choice to disobey and to and do evil is an abuse of freedom and leads to the slavery of sin. and uh, But then it also goes on to say in the Catechism that as long as freedom is not bound to the ultimate good, which is God, there is a possibility of choosing between good and evil and thus of growing in perfection or failing and sinning. Mm-hmm. So therein lies the, the choice is like we have the freedom. And this is where I think people actually, uh, modern man, I think would not agree with that. I'm not saying modern Catholic man, but modern man, I don't I really think believes that people are that free in the first place. Like you know what I mean. Like I think, like I mean, they think they're free, but like in terms of like behavior, they'll say things. Well, that's just the way I am. Right. Right. Um. Or I can't. I'm. I can't change. Or. So there is like a determined fatalistic attitude people have
2: about themselves, and well, I think it's because we we speak of freedom so poorly in our country. We th- we say freedom, but we tend to mean liberality, which is a diff- or licentiousness, right? Exactly. So you 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 have to, you just get to do whatever you want. If there's a hedonism behind it, we don't we don't preach virtue, and and I don't mean that just as we as Catholic priests, but as we as a culture have no no necessity for for virtue anymore. You know, and so no, we been, just it's been overcome by values, yeah right and then that are changing that are that aren't grounded in anything and that don't have an end you know that that like the virtues are are the means to our end they're the the right order back to god that's the i know how our lives are meant to be lived we don't have that at, at all in our culture well you know we don't i mean we don't i mean our, in our american culture we can look at it very simply of like like what does our country stand for i mean you very different answers and and right. that's kind of ground i mean unfortunately that's part of the foundation of our country is a little too individualistic i think for the catholic mind right but that, that that's part of what we need to to kind of have part of this correction is that it takes a while but we were getting to that tipping point of of wait a second what does freedom really mean because i mean i if i got to hear one more time that that the First Amendment guarantees my right to say this dumbass thing. Excuse my language, but like, but like, no, you don't have the right to to condemn, uh, you know, like, or make racist comments. That's not freedom. That's it. Just isn't. Like, you can make mistakes, sure, but like, you know, and we know that. I mean, even our laws say that you can't. You don't have total freedom of speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. All that kind of stuff, well, but.
1: Yeah, I know. What's but also it's like I have the free. I mean, people today say I have a freedom to get a sex change, mm. or I can call myself uh, a man or from a woman. It's mm-hmm. like this, but there's not ground. It's, but here's the thing: is let's let's. That's the modern view of freedom, exactly. It, there's, and there's
2: and the free will. So
1: is, what's lacking in that mindset
2: is that there's there's no understanding of what of what free will is meant to be, and and that we think free will just means liberality, but. Aquinas will refer to it as as and he kinda has this, I think he's basing it off of Aristotle and he goes back and forth between whether it's an intellectual appetite or an appetitive intellect, which is a real I think is where he settles in the appetitive intellect Wait, slow meaning, down slow meaning. Slow that down. <laughs> the ap- appetitive intellect means that it is part um, part both of the appetite, the desires, and what we can able to reflect on the intellect so what yeah. we know so it's both pushing us towards something good but also uh has to have a certain reflectiveness now that most of the time these things are pretty quick you know um you know in terms of our, our, our how how we ration out through things like uh you know you don't we just don't do certain things uh that we know are bad or and we do certain things that we know are good. We say thank you almost without thinking. After a while, you know, right. and please, like, but that is part of our free will. Like we want to show the respect to the person who has done good to us, right? right. That's, but that's part of that's actually more free will than the decision to let's say get a sex change or the decision to, um, to drink too much, right? That's, I mean, it's not any sin, you know. That that's that's licentious. That's the liberality. That's the this total individualistic understanding that doesn't have a, an ordered desire, right? And that's what, when, if we have free will, or if we are using our free will correctly, then it has to be a reflection of God. That's where, that's what Aquinas will will, will hinge everything on as, as like, and the, the problem is, uh, even if we think, because if we think of God and and is God-free, because that's part of becomes part of this question is God really free to do what is done. Um, the, if we have to say like, okay, well then, then how is he free? I mean, he can be compelled, but it has to be of his own, own volition, his own willing, which is love. Right? So it, the only way that the Christian can understand that the doctrine of creation basically right. is that it is an outpouring of God's love. So that's how we also have to use our will is love. But who, who is love and what right. do we love above all things with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength is, is God
1: himself. And can some people, all right, can some people have less, I mean, I, like, like, let me, I'd be careful how I say this, but um, maybe uh, less free of a will than others. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, the Defects
2: so, of, of the intellect and the appetites. Right.
1: So like, so, so get, let's look, let's look at that. So like yeah. there are people that, they, maybe they've destroyed their free will to some ways or their use of it properly. If
2: they've hindered it for sure. Yeah. Out of
1: addictions. Exactly. And that's, that's usually what we're going to point to is yeah. addictions. Um, you know, a, a wrong, way, wrong way of thinking. Because uh, I think, too, it goes on in the catechism. It's I A lot of these things we never, I mean, I, you skip over these all the time. And every time I over this book, it says, imputability and responsibility for an action can be diminished or even nullified by ignorance, inadvertence, duress, fear, habit, inordinate attachments and other psychological and social factors and, um, and so every act directly willed is imputable to its author but I guess the, the thing is is that it's saying that a person if they're not properly formed or they've repeatedly done the wrong thing, mm-hmm. they're actually less free right and they're used to their free will they're not able to really make a good decision anymore right, right. because their mind has been darkened and their will has been so weakened.
2: Well, and so so this goes to, um, you know, what is St. Augustine's apparent goods, right? You right. know, that which is like, and, and the foundation that, that Thomas says, and this is, it's an interesting thing in, in like modern philosophy, It's, it's this is not um, assumed anymore, but anthropologically, or yeah, anthropologically, like throughout history, there's always just been this assumption that man is always desiring the good, right? That's not assumed in modern thought anymore, that, that there is this... This, you know, I think I think despair might still be the, the correct word. That there is just a sense of despair in the culture, um, and where I just am trying to get through it, um, and and nothingness is my good that I'm uh, that I'm aiming for, which is just I mean we see it, it's it's awful. We see it in all kind of weird statistics, but but uh, so so that those those people who are talking about who have their freedom um, hindered in in different ways, especially this, uh, let's point especially towards addiction. Um, cause that's probably the clearest example is, is they're seeking still the good, but they're seeking an apparent good. So the guy who, um, you know, I just, if I just drink, I will be good. You know, I will be happy. I will, I will fulfill myself. And then of course it fails him because that's what happens right. is, is right. he still, but is free he in his, he thinks, you know, he's, he's done the reflection, he's pursued the appetite um, he's, his desires, um, but he just can't get to the ultimate good, which is God, and that's that's where the freedom gets hindered, is that there's an apparent good that is eclipsing the ultimate one, and we see, right. that. I mean, in, in modern culture, I mean, uh, for the last, whatever it is, 60 years almost, I guess, with the sexual revolution, God is is at best second. Right. To, to, to
1: And I think the, the tension therein lies, people look at God's will, or like, the freedom to do what God wants is is in opposition for what a per like if someone's disordered desires wants, yeah. Like, in other words, that well, what God wants might not give me so much pleasure, you know. So, why am I free not to do this, right. you know? But the freedom comes from choosing the good, which is sometimes goes against the instincts, right?
2: Right, 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 right. And I mean, and it's it is a very difficult thing because I think you, we, um, I mean. We who everyone's trying to follow God's will knows that we're we're not alongside the culture anymore. You know, I think that's kind of part of this thing is that the the freedom that has been lost in has been in part because we we no longer assume that God's will will, is good for us. We we determine God's will. It's a and again, like I said, this is overly individual individualistic culture and it starts with our political culture, but it continues on throughout everything of that's not my truth. That's not my happiness. That's not what I want to do. And because of that, we, we hand over our freedom to our, our appetites too strongly, which although they play a part, right? They, it, it it ought to be formed. Right. Um, So we, we talked
0: to, um, the past couple of months about God's will and, and, just reminds me of another question we had in that uh, regarding God's will. Is it it worst case scenario a sin? At best case scenario, you know, an omission that when we pray, especially when we're asking for something, that we don't recognize or throw in there understanding if it is your will, hmm. um, and you know, in other words kind of kind of gelling free will with with god's will you know for example um you know we always see whether it be, let's take social media we see it every day somebody is asking for
2: prayers right
0: um if this is god's will that this particular individual
2: yeah yeah i, I mean i don't think i don't think I it, don't it's think definitely it's not sin. anywhere near not sinful sin. for to, if they don't explicitly say it. And, I, and and and
0: No, but I mean, not explicitly out loud, but I mean, you would agree that we, we, at the very least, it's, it's, it's not mentioned, but it's understood that
2: we, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is, uh, I mean, I think I always like, the the catechism
1: catechism speaks about that. Okay, go ahead. Do you have it ready? In the section, the section on prayer, um, and it quotes, I think it's, uh, James, where it says, you ask. Um, but you asked wrongly because you asked for your passions. Mm. And uh, let me see if I can find this. But because it it, it's in the, actually, I just turned it. There what we go. That? Divine will. Look at this. <laughs> um, it says, "Why do we complain of not being heard?" But it's like kind of like this tension is like this is well. This goes back. Here's another question: Is like people struggle with sometimes even prayer because they're like, "Well, if I'm praying for something and it's not quote unquote God's will, what's the point?" It's already predetermined. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is. This brings up another. Yes that's kind of where you're going with this is like I mean people are like well all right well i have be- <laughs> gotta be careful with this one. people are praying for a lot of things the last yeah. five weeks and things yeah but you know it's like so why why are they but but then again it's like okay can you step back whatever you're praying about mm-hmm. and see that the answer was no mm-hmm. and God has a greater good that's going to come out of it And this, this comes out, this is, this is all the permissive will. See, this is, this is why it's a dangerous podcast Mm -hmm. is that there is the absolute will of God. And then there's the permissive will of God Mm -hmm. and how he mysteriously, we think we know better, Mm -hmm. but then he knows better. And he's going to work through a different way than our mindset is. Because we think if I pray this, this is what the country needs. This is what God, this is what my family needs but then it's God's obvious, but <laughs> then once again, God sees everything all at once. Right. And he's like, no, this is what the world needs. Mm-hmm. All right. So it goes on. It says this in the first place. We ought to be, we ought to be astonished by this fact. Um, uh, when we praise God or give thanks to him for his benefits in general, we are not particularly concerned whether or not our prayer is acceptable to him. On the other hand, we demand to see results of our petitions. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember? uh, But then it goes on. Let me finish. Are we convinced we do not know how to pray as we are? Are we asking God for quote what is good for us? Our Father knows what we need before we ask Him. Um, We must pray then with His Spirit of freedom Mm -hmm. to be able to truly know what He wants. So prayer, going back to your point, Father Jack, and maybe implicitly answering your question, Bill, is that prayer is more about
2: knowing God's will.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's in right. the R5. And the board. freedom to
2: accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so, I mean, you've read the great divorce, right? C.S. Yeah. Lewis, right? Yeah, of course. So, um, so there's that great, I mean, it was like shocking to me to, to read it in the way he, he's able to kind of tell the story, but this, uh, the, the whole thing is, is this angel is kind of leading um, this man through, through what basically is purgatory and, and right. into heaven and 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 he meets this and then things are it's kind of hard to explain he, he does it well but like things grow and and then stay small and, and everything's all kind of co- you know combined but people can't really experience the fullness of it until they are able to let go and they, he comes to this this woman and she she seems to have lived a good life and on earth and but she refuses to grow at like kind of grow out of purgatory quote unquote into heaven. And why? Because she held on to the fact that her son died young and I prayed and God didn't answer it. And I know what I needed and I just needed this. And if this had happened, I'd, and she held on to it so strongly mm. that she, she couldn't get to heaven. <laughs> right. Wow. Which, which like in, in, you know, I, I always feel so awful. Right. <laughs> For the, to the person who's like sitting there, like, you know, the mother crying over the their deceased child, cause it really is a tragedy. Um, but like you see, this as like, oh, but that's what's holding you back, right? Like that's what we mean by freedom is that, like, there is I need to hold on to what I need to the point where I won't even get to the reuniting. You know, she couldn't reunite with her son in heaven because she was holding on the fact that, you know, she she didn't wasn't able to back on earth, and it's it's just right. kind of this interesting. We forget that we don't have the full picture, right? In in this and that that's where we put up the roadblocks to that's part of the intellect that we're blocking um, is that we don't, we definitely don't have all the knowledge.
1: Okay. So let's, let's kind of, let's, let's uh, kind of um, zero on this, what this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you tell a person when they're like, okay, uh, why do I even pray? It doesn't matter anyway. Cause it's going to happen. I mean, whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, even Catholics say that.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I, don't know, I th- I'm like 99 percent sure Aquinas addresses it in the Summa because like it is that important of a question of like wait wait how does it matter because because that's part of, of what we were meant to be was to to recognize our reliance on God because the reality is you know and, and we pray it and we won't pray it during advent but one of the one of the preferences uh, in ordinary time, one of the common prefaces for for masses is, is the one on praise and it's like, our praise adds nothing to your glory o oh right. lord right. right that nothing nothing we do matters but yet we're still supposed to why because we're supposed to remind ourselves of our total reliance upon god for literally everything right. every aspect of our being the fact that we are still breathing and held uh, together in material is not accidental it right. is p- it is part of god's plan and and not only that but it is it is a necessity that god holds us in being because otherwise we should fall apart. The entire world should. Um, but that, and so that becomes, why do you pray? Well, because you need to, God right. doesn't need you to God. You're right. God's, God's not going to quote unquote change his, his mind. You know, he doesn't change his will based on our prayers, but it is part of our goodness to be formed in such a way that says, Oh, my entire alliance in being is on you, Lord. Um, that's it's it's who you are that's what's due to you this is this isn't you know prayer isn't an act it is an act of charity towards one another like if i pray for bill or bill prays for me that's an act of of charity but it's it's an act of justice towards god right you know um you know a loving justice for sure like there's some you know um sacrifice that is offered to him in in our time of prayer but um but it is primarily just what we ought to do Um, right
1: And it says, I think here in the catechism, God wills that our desire should be exercised in prayer, that we will be able to receive what he is prepared to give. So, in other words, I think too, prayer opens our heart to be able to see his will and then freely with free will accept and do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I think we've all maybe had experiences that where, you know, we asked for something, God gave us something completely different, like, but we're because of the exercise of prayer, we see God's will and then we freely do it that's our choice to do it or our choice not to do it yeah. i mean that's that's the key i was like we have we have we do have a say in the matter in all things that we're not god is not going to force us to love him he's not going to force us to follow him he wants us to and it is it will bring us to our ultimate happiness mm-hmm. but we have a say in the matter yep right that's, yeah. that's uh bottom line exactly and so we're i mean basically if we end up in heaven or hell it's our own fault oh yeah by far, easily.
2: Yeah, I mean that. There's no doubt in that, um, and that's but and that's but that's the Catholic position. Swinging back to what we started with, that's the Catholic position. Is yeah. it is it is our our choice to end up in heaven or hell? It, Calvin would would scream about us being papists and scream about us being heretics. Now, why would he have a problem with that? Why would he have a problem with that? Because, uh, it, basically, his his he just couldn't see, well, he couldn't see the truth, so we could start with that, but, like, he just, there's, there's, all of these reformers tended to have some sort of um, psychological, spiritual illness, right? So the scrupulosity of Luther led him to to all of his things. Calvin, I think, um, was willing to sacrifice the freedom of man to... Maintain the freedom of God. We have no trouble with it because we believe that in participation, that, that like the, all of our good things come from the participation of God's goodness. But, right. but Calvin had a problem with that, and he thought if we have a choice in our salvation, if we, have a, if we make a difference, then God is not totally free. Um, but, but then, I mean, that's just a problem of, of an understanding of, of how we relate to God in, in general. Like on a huge, on a way too big of a scale, it's how we relate to God on a, on a more metaphysical scale. It's, it's because we understand that all of our freedom, all of our rationality, all of our um, intellect is, I not our intellect, but all of our, all of our, all of these good powers that we have, our participation in God's, like that's, that's what we mean when we say we are created in the image and likeness of God in part. Um, And, and Calvin didn't see it that way. Okay. Gotcha.
1: And I, I mean, I just flipped to the thing on hell, and it, it's I because I remember you know, people ask this. Is it, we cannot be united with God unless we freely choose to love him, freely choose to love him. But we cannot love God if we sin gravely against him. And then, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's the affirmation of the fact then that, and it goes, 1, 10, 37, God predestines, predestines no one to hell. Mm-hmm. That's the, what it says. And for this, a willful, willful free will, turning away from god a mortal sin is necessary and persistence until the end yeah so it's like but even that even if someone were to go against god's will and they freely ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. that's another free will thing i freely accept god back into my life you you're you're making that you're accepting a grace but you're also freely choosing to let god back in your life Mm
2: -hmm. there's free will there yeah aided by grace and that and that is and that's vitally important is that um, and we haven't really probably spent enough time of it because on grace on, on grace, but that's it is that grace infuse is infuses all of these things because this is a is part of the nature of man um, and grace builds upon nature like it does make a difference and grace can you know in to an extent and this is not the proper way to say it, but can in a, in a sense overwhelm us. Uh, and as compelling us in this, in the same way that like love compels God to create, you know, that like, like it's not a, it's it, not makes a destructive, destructive, it makes us more free.
1: It makes it, us, it, it it sort of impels us. In, it yeah. doesn't take away our freedom. Yes. Yes. But it's, it, it makes it easier for us mm-hmm. to do something. Maybe we weren't inclined to do with our wounded nature. Right. So it, it actually, it says in the catechism, freedom and grace, mm-hmm. it says in the catechism. The grace of Christ is not in the slightest way a rival to our freedom when this freedom accords with the sense of the true and the good that God has put in the human heart. And then it goes on to say, On the contrary, a Christian experience attests, especially in prayer, the more docile we are to the promptings of grace, the more we grow in inner freedom and confidence during trials, such as those we face in the pressures and constraints of the outer world. By the working of the grace of the Holy Spirit, education us in spiritual freedom in order to make us free, collaborators in his work in the church and in the world. So, I mean, in a sense, like it's just saying that it actually, grace allows us to make, be more free, and actually our wills become less constrained. I mean, to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So we almost need grace. Well, we need, we we know this. We need grace to choose the good anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think maybe Calvin's like, well, because God's forcing you to do it, I mean, like he looks as you're you're being forced. Like here's here's like the fairy dust, and therefore it's some people get more than others. I don't know.
2: Well, and, and I mean that's the thing is like what well, is grace, but it's the free gift of God of His very himself, right? And and so for Calvin, he's like, well, wait, if it's a free gift of God, then there's nothing we can do to impel him, compel him to to give it to us. So we can't do anything that merits it except for God wants to do it. Okay, wait a minute. So does he go in that train of thought? Is he
1: think did he think that God just sat up there and he's like, "All right, I love these people more. They're I'm going to give them grace. I'm not giving these people grace." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. That's like, creepy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, so I mean, he
1: would say So like he would say that I love this person more than this other person. Yes. Yes. But, not because of And that's not true. No, that's not true. God doesn't love some people more than others.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Uh, we should do that in another okay. podcast. <laughs> does God love me more than you, Father Jack? You know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. All right. So does that answer your question, Bill, about free will? I mean, are you?
0: can I'll, you go? <clears throat> I'll take the answer back to the person who asked the question, and we'll go from there. there but, go. yeah, no, yeah. it was good. And okay. I don't think any heresies were spilled. Okay. How about that?
1: Wow. <laughs> Heresy bell didn't have to go off okay father uh, oh yeah let's give a blessing in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen father in heaven we just we ask you to, to have the grace to to follow your will and we thank you lord that we are uh, beings made in your image and likeness that can freely choose to love you and we ask for grace to freely love you and to do what is true and just and to uh grow holier by our acts by doing the right thing uh even in times of difficulty Um, We ask all these things as we pray. Hail Mary, full of Mm -hmm. grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for sinners sinners now now and at at the hour of our
0: death. death. Amen. Amen. Amen.